Welcome, friends, people for peace, pods of consciousness, planetary citizens, wherever you happen to be today, listening to Glocal News in Social Artistry, right here on KOPN, your community radio station out of Columbia, Missouri. I'm the host, Dick Dalton, and each week we have the pleasure of speaking to someone who's building a more humane world from the inside out. And I have just been introduced to a, a friend of a mutual friend. Some of you might remember uh, Mary Lennox being on this show a couple of years ago. Uh, actually, the only black dean of uh, a school here at the University of Missouri. And uh, today, uh, our friend of hers and teacher of hers is Beth Helton. From are you living in Coralville, Iowa? Is that your home? Uh, that close. Iowa City is really the place. Coralville is like a little suburb attachment to to Iowa City. Well, welcome, Beth. How did you meet Mary Lennox? Because she was in Chicago, I thought. That she was. <laughs> Mary was in Chicago, and I have a, a fitness and wellness center in. Coraville, the little town that is next to Iowa City, and one day I, Mary walked into the studio, and she had signed up for a NIA class, which is a movement form, and Mary is a NIA student um, and has taken many NIA classes, I think primarily in the California area, where she spends a lot of her time also. She had gone online and Googled came to Iowa City to see her physician. Her physician is at the University of Iowa Hospitals oh. and Clinics. Okay. So um, it came that she took the NIA class. And so then twice a year when she would come to Iowa City, she would take a NIA class, at least one, maybe two or three, and some other classes that we would have in the studio while she was also having her health care attended to. That is my connection with Mary Lennox, and that, that has expanded through the years because those who know Mary know her as just this deeply insightful, highly um, motivating individual with such warmth and caring, and she is just a, a precious gem to me and to our studio. When she comes, we ask her to read her poetry, so it's, it's a lovely friendship. We had a mutual friend in Columbia, Missouri, uh, Thelma MacArthur, who I had become friends with. And Mary had already moved away to Chicago, but she came back to visit. And uh, I was visiting with Thelma at the very time she came. And we just it felt like we were all three family just instantly. <laughs> And we've kept in touch ever since. Thelma's since passed on, and uh, mm -hmm. Mary's moved out to uh, San Diego, I believe it is. That's right, San Diego. Yeah. yeah. We should tell folks that you are the owner and an instructor of your own uh, Body Moves Fitness and Wellness Center. That and, is true. And before that, you were a teacher at... Uh, the University of Iowa. University right. of Iowa. Yep, I was a, a professor, associate professor, first uh -huh. in dental hygiene. So my primary background was more in the basic and social sciences, and but always in the area of prevention mm -hmm. and in health. 
Um, and then at midpoint in my academic career, the academic program that I was affiliated with in dental hygiene was closed. Oh. And uh, I uh, was tenured faculty. And so uh, it turned out that my career evolved to health promotion. So I retooled as an, as an associate professor, and uh, that opened my world and my view of prevention to a much broader perspective, um, more based not just on the individual patient um, or the public health perspective of health, but um, a much broader wellness uh, perspective, which I know you have a great interest and passion for yourself. Yes. Can, can you tell me about what year you shifted into health promotion? Yes. Um, it was 95, 96. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, during that year, I was retooling and began getting some certifications like the Certified Health Education Specialist Certification, which is the the recognized certification in health education. And that led me to going to conferences and uh, expanding my collegial relationships. So uh, I know that you have also attended uh, some of the conferences, but we never met. Yeah, (laughs) the National Wellness Conference in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, I started Mm -hmm. going to in 2001. Okay. And I don't know if it was that year or the next year that I was introduced to NIA. Uh Uh-huh that they were doing as breaks. Uh, you could go over and do a NIA class for a break. Mm-hmm. I had never heard of NIA. So maybe let's just uh, let you tell us what NIA, N-I-A, NIA is. I will be happy to tell you. Uh, and that, that my first exposure to NIA was at the National Wellness Conference, probably in 1995. But it was about a 10-year delay in my interest in NIA practice. Um, and, but NIA it, it was an acronym, and it, it meant non-impact aerobics originally. Okay. Um, yeah. It was uh, founded in the San Francisco Bay Area by two individuals, a uh, male and a female, and they, uh, they really synthesized various movement forms to bring some of the very best qualities of different movement forms together into a movement experience. So there's a, there are tastes of Tai Chi, of Taekwondo, of modern dance, of uh, Duncan dance, which is light spirited, of yoga, Alexander technique. There are nine of these movement forms that are blended together in a very crafted, uh, careful way uh, by the instructor, but the student doesn't really have an awareness of this structure. It's not like a step class or a... Right, right. Yeah, so it was known as NIA. Um, the students in the San Francisco Bay Area insisted on calling it NIA instead of non-impact aerobics, and I think it's because um, if this was in the early 80s, and, you know, we were so hip if we could make an acronym out of something. <laughs> the founders, Debbie and Carlos, weren't all that um, hot about the fact that it was being condensed to NIA, but oh, that's all right. But they, as the movement evolved, uh, as the uh, a movement in many ways in NIA evolved, um, 
there was there was just so much depth and science and craft and artistry that was brought to it. And Debbie has a very deep interest in um, anatomy and physiology, and she, uh, she they they started calling it neuromuscular integrated anatomy uh, for a period of time, which. The students still thought, well, neuromuscular integrative anatomy, that must be NIA. <laughs> so <laughs> the name didn't stick long, and it just became NIA, all caps. But then as the decades have passed, NIA has become its own entity, and it's capital N, lowercase i-a. And as things happen in the universe, what has been discovered, what Debbie has discovered, the founder, is Nia in Swahili means purpose. Mm. So how amazing that through all of these decades that of what's in a name, uh, how a name <laughs> evolves, and there you have it, Nia. So it's a glorious movement for me, and, and, and since you've practiced Nia, you um, have, have may have experienced different aspects of uh, lots of self-discovery, awareness, the ability to move at your own pace, at your own level of fitness. It is a very body, mind, emotion, spirit practice. So it's not like taking a, a, a strict dance class where you're expected to make these certain moves and uh, the brain and the body may actually be separated. It, it really is a full body experience. Um, there's a lot of form to it, plus freedom. So if someone is into the yin-yang philosophy of give and take and light and dark and all, that is that is uh, part of Nia practices. It's not all hard strength. There may be some very loose looseness in the class, and yet there's a lot of structure. So it's it's a it's a movement that's constantly changing, and for people like me. Really, Dick, when I first was introduced to Nia, I was, remember, my background was dental hygiene, basic <laughs> dental hygiene. So, you know, there is a, there's a, it's much more exacting and of, of the basic science idea of uh, it's black or it's white, it's right or it's wrong. Um, so the experience in Nia classes earlier were, it was a frustrating thing for me. I thought it was chaotic. I didn't, I just didn't get it um, because it wasn't like, say, a Zumba class where you, you know there's a series of patterns that's coming up or you do 10 bicep curls in the gym and, and yeah, then you're done. Um, but then with time, uh, I was exposed to Debbie and Carlos in a workshop and I really could see the depth and the breadth behind it. So I wonder if, if you experienced it in the same way or in a different way. The first time I went at the National Wellness Conference, it was like, oh my goodness, this is heaven. This is the way you're supposed to move. Because <laughs> yeah. there was a, a large gymnasium and oh, probably a hundred people spread out in the room and one leader and music and uh, and yet uh, we were we were doing movements that seemed to be tied to uh, nature. They were tied to different uh, kinds of things, planting seeds or doing this with your arms and. <laughs> 
so there was a, a, a visual image that you were given as a, sort of a, a way to picture your movement as well as uh, just very, I don't know, easy. it was easy once I got to, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight, whatever the, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way the, <laughs> the timing went. Uh, you know, there, it took about 10 minutes to get the, the, the gist of it. Yeah. But I was so, uh, so taken with it that I didn't miss one of those uh, unless I had to because of a conflict of a meeting or something. But, mm -hmm. uh, and I did that, uh, I looked for those each time I went back to the conference. And uh, I think the last time I went back, it was held in a very different place. There was actually a different spirit to it, which was interesting. Mm -hmm. And it yeah. may have had to do with the teacher, may mm -hmm. have had to do with the you know, the timing or the place. I'm not sure, but it wasn't quite the thrill that, uh, of course, you can never match the thrill of the first time. But <laughs> oh, right, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so so I've had a, a little bit of a variety of experiences, you might say. Mm -hmm. oh, very good, though. I, I think it's a marvelous uh, discipline. Yes, yes. That, thank you for sharing that. It's really mm -hmm. good. I think an interesting thing about Neo practice is that it is done barefooted. Mm -hmm. And of course, lots of movement forms are, you know, yoga, tai chi, um, taekwondo. The, uh, many of those are done barefooted. But the, uh, the ability to really take off the shoes and be able to actually connect with the earth and reactivate the sensations from the very base of your body um, mm -hmm. is is an, a, a, for some people not not a, a happy experience at first <laughs> as we've been taught to wear our shoes <laughs> um, but it is very freeing and it, it calls to the actual form and function of the feet I mean the feet have one-fourth of the bones in the body are in the feet and yet we push them into shoes that <laughs> the form stays the same. So uh, pretty amazing. It's an amazing movement form. Yeah. And you're a first degree black belt instructor of that. Uh, that I am. <clears throat> did, did that happen at the conference? Do you, you trained there or you had to travel to California or how does one become uh, trained? How does one, yes, how does one become trained? Well, that's changed due to the pandemic now, which oh, yeah. really actually does help for people who uh, want to become belted. I attended a workshop at the National Wellness Conference. It was a two-day workshop, and that's with the founders, Debbie and Carlos, and that was what really sealed it for me that I wanted to study Nia in a more formalized way. So um, the first belt was in Chicago um, mm -hmm. with one of the founders. And then the other belts, most of the other belts have been in Portland, where the headquarters is. I did one belt in, um, in near Asheville, North Carolina, and another one in, near Denver in Boulder. But most of it has been in the Portland area. Mm -hmm. Since the pandemic, though, uh, the, the NIA International has become very resourceful and uh, and uh, very good in in now instituting the belt experience through zoom interaction mm -hmm. and 
small group sessions during the week. It takes about 13 weeks through the, this new online process to become a belt, you know, earn a belt. People can just look up Nia, what, dot com? And, uh... um, I think the actual uh, website is Nia Now, N-I-A-N-O-W dot com. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Well, that's uh, one of the uh, tools in your <laughs> belt. <laughs> well, hey, before we start going through the list of your certifications and things, I'm just going to take a pause and uh, say hi, folks. Glad you're listening to KOPN today, uh, your community radio station in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, this is Glocal News in Social Artistry. I'm the host, Dick Dalton, and we talk each week to people that are building a more humane world from the inside out. And my guest today is Beth Pelton, P-E-L-T-O-N. She's a certified health education specialist, uh, taught uh, health promotion in college, has her own business called Body Moves Fitness and Wellness Center in Coralville, Iowa, just uh, out on the outskirts of Iowa City, and uh, we've just met on this Zoom call because we had a mutual friend, uh, Mary Lennox, uh, whom some of you might remember from Columbia, Missouri back in the uh, 80s and uh, early 90s. So uh, welcome back, Beth. I understand you have a puppy dog in the room. And, uh, yes. And I just uh, noticed I have a cat in the room. I don't. Oh, well. <laughs> it's a good thing that we're doing this virtually. That's right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so it says in your bio that you are a functional aging specialist. Mm-hmm. What is this about? Well, this is a very exciting, you know how life just can bring, lead you down a path that um, that you really hadn't expected. Um, so I, through my interest or my passion, of course, and my teaching with health promotion, I was introduced to Nia. And then uh, my college classmate, um, a dental hygiene classmate, became an aerobics, water aerobics teacher. And she caught wind of, an, of a, a new conference sponsored by the Functional Aging Institute. She said, well, let's just go to this together. We'll meet up and, you you know, it'll be good for you with Nia and it'll be good for me with swimming. And so we went and by the end of that conference, I had signed up to uh, study <laughs> functional fitness. So what it is, is it, it is it is the study of movement that allows a person to do what they want to do and they need to do, and they like to do. Rather than uh, the idea of that exercise is something that we do, we go to the gym and we do these uh, very structured, horrendous movements that may not have any direct application to our everyday life or what it is we want to do with our lives. A very repetitive movements, not much variety. Um, and uh, And then people think that they're getting fit and they're, but it, there isn't variety in it. So functional fitness approaches fitness from not more than the strength aspect, like strength building or cardiorespiratory. It certainly includes those things, but there's a lot of cognitive, emotional work in and brain work in functional fitness. 
and balance work, the connection between the muscles and the skeleton, the connection between the muscles and the nerves. And so it, they, and it's primarily um, of interest to people who are in the better half of life, meaning those who are 50 and greater. 50 and better. I like that a lot. <laughs> yes, and that we, those of us who are uh, in 50 plus do see that that second half of life really is the better half because there's so much wisdom and uh, experience and so much potential in growth to that very last breath. So functional aging, functional aging specialist is one who focuses on how to help individuals and communities um, be able to physically function using their brain and body. So there's a lot of emphasis on brain health too. To be able to function in a very great way on well into their 90s. Mm-hmm. So that's what the functional aging specialist does. And once I became specialized in that area, uh, we were already teaching a lot of NIA and yoga in our fitness and wellness center, doing a lot of uh, seminars and courses on things such as food patterns and um, yoga for grief and different parts of wellness. But once I got that the certification and understood more about functional fitness, it, cha- it, it really um, expanded our perspective on how we can better serve people. And as a result, the majority of the people who come to our studio are of 50 years and greater. They're very, they're very active people. They um, have are highly curious. Um, the Iowa City area is a university town, and um, it draws people who are highly curious and want to continue functioning and, and learning and growing and perhaps traveling and getting down on the floor with their grandchildren and all those things that, that uh, we, we hope to be able to do as, as the years pass. So the studio has become a true fitness and wellness center dedicated to um, helping individuals, especially age 50 and greater, experience the fullness of life. All right. Yeah. Well, that triggered all kinds of connections and I, I don't know if I'll remember them all but let's uh, start with uh, Angeles Arian does that name ring a bell just just throw it, it out doesn't there. it okay. doesn't but I'll have to pursue that uh, one of her books is called the second half of life oh I see okay and uh, she I've written her name she uh, has passed on but uh, she was a shaman uh, her uh, center was in the southwest, but she came from the Bosque country uh, um, and uh, a very spiritual family. And I got to meet her uh, her work through Jean Houston's uh, mystery schools. My which, goodness. Which I met Jean Houston at the first National Wellness Conference in <laughs> 2001. You know, this is the way the web works, right? It is. It's all, it's all so interwoven, isn't it? Oh, that's great. And then there was a, a young lady who was at a uh, national wellness conference. Her mom was doing some kind of a powder that you made a drink out of. But the the woman that I met uh, mm-hmm. was Rochelle Ritgers. And she does work 
mm, tangential to you up right over the the river, I guess it is, in Illinois. Oh, you yes, I think you mentioned that in some of our emails. Uh, oh, yeah. In Rock Island, you Rock said. Rock Island, that's it. Yes, yeah. that's just um, the Mississippi River divides Iowa <laughs> and Illinois there, and it's Rock Island is on the on the east side, mm-hmm. yes, of the Mississippi River there. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. So, I had met her at the National Wellness Conference, and she's been on this show, and um, then she got introduced to uh, Clint Rogers with the ancient uh, secrets of a master healer uh, a little over a year ago that um, I got introduced to through another person. You know, it's just yeah. amazing how all these things connect. It is. It uh, is. So I just wanted to, you know, kind of dash a few of those things out there. Yeah. Uh, in terms of functional um aging we we know what activities of daily daily living are and so you may say well how's your uh, adls doing or uh, and uh, uh, i know that my wife and i because of certain functional things uh, have been told that we should by our doc to go to a physical therapist just to get some specific exercises for specific issues. Mm-hmm. And they've been very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to, though, bring up a, a brother of mine. Um, and to some of the Columbia folks listening, they might have heard this news or not. Uh, my brother, David Dalton, uh, had lived with Parkinson's for well over 20 years and just died just last week. Hmm. And I wondered if you had in your center uh, any um, special kinds of approaches for people that have certain functional disabilities that you can help them with. Is that part of your menu? Right. No, we don't have, no, we are not physical therapists, of course, or or orthopedic surgeons. And, um, but uh, in the functional fitness realm uh, with the the certifications we have, and some of our yoga teachers have uh, different aspects of certifications in regard to what I'm going to say, as well as some of our NIA teachers too. So, um, Yes, um, individuals who have are experiencing symptoms of Parkinson's um, and maybe some loss of cognitive abilities, um, lots of joint replacements, lots of, uh, you know, uh, plantar fasciitis and the things that are lots of arthritis issues um, that so many, much of many, because we teach so many different types of movement um, and a small group personal training. Um, as well, we're able to provide um, movements that would work for that individual and what their what their certain goals are. Perhaps an individual example. An example is they um, they they would love to do yoga, but they're fearful of getting on the floor, or they can't get on the floor. Yet we say you can't get on the floor, so they we may begin with uh, yoga classes seated in the chair, using yo- using the chair not as a crutch but using it as a prop 
so that the person can get into the position where it's going to benefit them and yet not have to get down on the floor or put their knees on the floor, for instance. Um, That's an example. Or in small group personal training where there are no more than five people in the in the workout that they're always the same five people the trainer plans the tr- the workout so that the workout fits each of those individuals and the modifications that they need mm-hmm. um, we do have uh, students who are, as i said experience are experiencing parkinson's mm-hmm. so um, many of the movements and the practices that we do help them proceed through their ability to be mobile and all um, with uh, foot lifting, preventing the foot drop syndrome and um, different situations that can crop up with that, with that condition. Um, so uh, people who have diabetes, suffering diabetes and have a lot of neuropathy, uh, they loss have nerve damage or they nerve pain or they can't feel different areas, then we can do different exercises or movements, that we'll call them, to uh, help them be able to not just be able to uh, vacuum their house with the, the, you know, the daily living activities, but to be able to go out and go shopping and to, you know, to travel, get in, the, lift their baggage up into the compartment and the plane and do, do those things and go for hikes and uh, the things that people want to do when they're want to be real active. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Good thoughts. You also have on your list uh, Ageless Grace Educator. <laughs> now, um, I know that we both understand wellness to be physical, mental, emotional, <laughs> social, spiritual, environmental. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where does Ageless Grace fit in? Ageless grace fits in, and it's, it's good we say ageless because it means without age. Um, it, it was developed by an, uh, actually a Nia Black Belt person oh. who was working on her graduate degree in gerontology. And it took her eight years to finish her master's degree because her project became the creation of ageless grace. She got so fascinated in how the brain develops and how the body develops with the brain throughout life. And then what happens, generally happens, as the years pass, um, why is it that the brain changes or our brain behaviors change? And for many reasons, for many times, it's not the, um, the matter of age, it's that we're not using those, at, those areas of the brain anymore, or rarely. So different nerve Uh, patterns get blocked, they're not used, they're forgotten, and and Ageless Grace is a brain health movement form. You're moving your body in certain ways that allows the brain patterns to reopen, some brain patterns to reopen, new patterns to form. So the term neuroplasticity is now a a popular term that that we would read or hear about in the news. And that's a lot of what Ageless Grace works at. It works at ways that people can remain not only to remember things and to remember why they should remember those things, (laughs) 
but also to be able to, it's called strategic plan. How do I go from point A to B to C? Like follow a recipe, follow a map, uh, um, and uh, to be able to be creative. We tend to, with time, um, if we don't keep the, our creativity abilities up, we are less creative. Um, so there are uh, various aspects of, that are approached through movement. The movement is primarily done, and interestingly enough, seated in a chair. Mm. And the reason the founder um, that established this seated in a chair is that it right away it causes a, a person to have to think about what it is they're doing. So we might be, um, we might be, you mentioned in Nia how you were envisioning being in nature in one class. One of the tools in Ageless Grace is uh, power tools. So we imagine that we're doing something like we're going to um, we're going to build a, a river raft in five minutes. So what do, what are the steps we need to take? We're actually moving through those steps. So it's highly social. People are contributing things in as a, well, we need to do this. We need to do that. Oh, no, we need to do this first. Or then it gets very creative. There are different tools that are developed. Uh, one might be called Juicy Joint. So in that tool, we might spend, it's done to music. We might be sitting in a chair and we are experiencing the movement consciously of different major joints in the body. And it's every class is different. It's done in a different way every single class. Um, so there are 21 tools. Uh, one has to do with balance. Um, one has to do with uh, creative. You were making up kind of our own dance. Um, express yourself. And express yourself has to do with movement of the muscles in the face. And the uh, a typical idea that we have is if you, you know, just go to church Go to church or, or a synagogue and look around and observe people, and they are emotionless. They're just sitting so still, and they uh, it, the, the, the body's not made for that. We are made to express. So express yourself as a tool in Ageless Grace that's done that allows a person to really feel and emote and express, you know, and move those muscles and tissues in the face and raise your eyebrows and move your lips. And um, so um, it's ve it's very fun. In our studio, it's extremely popular. There, The students do not, we call the people who come to this to the studio student, students because mm -hmm. they're always <laughs> learning something. Um, they don't miss class. No. Um, and during, even during the pandemic, people who said, I'm never going to get on the computer, I'm never going to learn how to do Zoom, they wouldn't miss class. They would not. They, so age, that's Ageless Grace. Um, it's very fun. It's a brain health movement form. Um, not terribly old, maybe. Hmm. It's, I think it began in like 2011 or 2012. So it's not an it's not an old movement form mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I can imagine that uh, when Mary Lennox goes to church, 
She looks around, and there's a lot of emotion in those faces. <laughs> so absolutely, it, it may have to do with where you go to church. <laughs> oh, I—it's so true. Yep, she's got the she's got the drama for sure. Absolutely, and she has taken Angel's Grace in our class too. Oh, wonderful! So yeah, yeah. in our studio, yes. So yes, a lifelong learner, indeed. Oh, she definitely is. Yeah. So it's time to take another break, folks. Uh, okay. Welcome uh, back. Well, no, I can't say welcome back. You maybe uh, have been with us the whole hour here on Glocal News and Social Artistry, or maybe you just uh, turned on your radio or started your car, and here we are on KOPN, uh, where we stream live. Um, well, we say live. This is a recorded show, but it sounds live when you turn it on the radio. Here we are. Uh, five to six on Mondays, uh, which must be that time. Although some of you actually go to the podcast because we have a an archive of the past at least 25 shows there at the kopn.org website. Uh, go to programs and then go to Glocal News and Social Artistry and you'll see um, by the time this airs on uh, Monday, March the 7th, you'll go there and Beth Pelton will be at the, the top of the list. And then you'll see the shows that we've had, uh, the 25 shows before that. Uh, so we're glad you're with us. Uh, we appreciate your support for KOPN and Community Radio. Uh, as we say all the time, it's more than radio, it's community radio. And as you're finding out, folks, we're moving into our new facilities, uh, slowly but surely, uh, a great new accessible facility out on the west side of Columbia. Mm. And uh, please uh, stay tuned for when we have our, our big uh, events that will get you out there yourself. So, we are on, uh, I hear noises, but I'm not sure what that is. I don't think it's at my house. Is it at your house? It's, it's my little puppy chewing oh. on a, a, a toy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe uh, King Kong had come up to your yeah. window. <laughs> Tapping on the window, right? <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. Beth Pelton. Uh, you know, I'm... Uh, reminded again of uh, the National Wellness Conference and so many different uh, speakers and presenters and opportunities mm -hmm. to learn there and and I know they're not doing it at Stevens Point anymore but and mm -hmm. I, I haven't been forever but I went there because we had just started a, a wellness degree program at our school Lincoln University and I was the one that started that and, and so I started going to the conferences and one of the things that I started doing, I guess, in 2003 or four, was I started carrying my Earth flag with me around the campus there or posting it up in the meeting area. And I, and I was kind of surprised that it was the only Earth flag that I could see at the <laughs> National Wellness Conference. And I, you know, it was like there's an awareness that seems to be a little bit missing uh, mm -hmm. in wellness. And then I noticed on, on part of your bio, you also have certificates in plant-based nutrition and food sustainability programs. 
So it's you know you're you're pretty well rounded, uh, Beth Pelton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know that you have an Earth flag at your house, but I can tell you how to get one. <laughs> that's right. That's that's a good good thing. Good suggestion. Yeah, it's true. So, you know, I think in earlier times, health promotion and wellness kind of overlooked the environmental aspects of of being in you know of a living person and a living earth and uh, I, I think that's changing now and unfortunately probably one reason is because of climate change mm-hmm. we've become much more um, aware of the impact that we make on the environment as well as what the, in- the impact environment makes upon us mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think that with all of that it's uh, it's too bad that something negative has drawn our attention to the earth and the environment, but it, it's uh, it's so crucial that we be actively involved all the way from being individuals to, you know, our communities and our societies and our global structures. And we, we it's not too late to, to reverse and to save a lot of this mess that we've created. <laughs> Yes, that phrase, uh, unintentional consequences, seems so appropriate when we look at history and Mm -hmm. what people had called progress, and yet with progress in their definition, there was always uh, consumption, there was always pollution, there was always uh, uh, a sort of an imbalance in uh, haves and have nots. <laughs> and Definitely. Uh, and the divisions between countries and competition and, and all of this has worked together to make it harder and harder to heal the uh, wrongs that uh, we have done to each other and and to the earth. Um, Not that it's impossible, but as you're well aware in in your movement work, you know, we have not only muscle memory, but we've got all this mental baggage memory. (laughs) Yes. That sort of keeps us bound in some of our early past values and we don't mm-hmm. see beyond that you know we we still go to the store and see people using plastic bags right and left and right and left instead of carrying their own um, reusable bags and just little things like that but it it sort of tells the to- the tale yeah it's hard to raise that awareness in a in a broad way have you oh, experienced that oh so and here you know we are here we are in the heartland of the breadbasket of America and in Missouri and Iowa and uh, the state of Iowa. I grew up on a farm, mm-hmm. so um, I remember um, we. My father and mom stopped farming when I was early in high school, but um, my early years, the farm was so different than. I mean, there's no comparison what the farm was then as to what it is now. The farm that I grew up on had diversity. There was biodiversity. Um, it, 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 lots, and it wasn't uh, no CAFOs, no confined animal facilities. Um, 
the, it was such a different different life, um, and the pressures that the farming industry, that farmers have had to conform to um, the changes, whether it com- comes from the USDA or it comes from political pressures or it comes from business, uh, the, the food industry, um, it, it, all of that has changed. And here, here we live in, I live in Iowa where, you know, we have more, I think we're number one in laying hens. Is that a term anymore? Um, <laughs> and certainly in pork and the corn that we raise and, uh, and all of that is in all the the confined animal. Um, th- that, that's not at all what intentioned farmers would have imagined that they'd be contributing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so many farmers are they're just contracting with large industry. They don't really have a say on even what's being planted or what's being grown. And um, so it's all it's all changed. Uh, the whole scope has changed. So um, I, and I, it's it's just like ethanol um, is so. So, you know, it's a product of corn, mm-hmm. and yet it's so it's it's contributing terribly to the uh, the environment, to climate change, and yet, you know, and it's easy to just put that <laughs> ethanol in your tank instead of something that is less, uh, you know, less destructive. So, yeah, definitely we, yeah, we kind of have slid into it and not really realized what all of the, all that we've been doing, uh, the subsidies that are um, that are made, um, are they being made to you know the grains that feed the animals that uh, and you know subsidies for broccoli are very broccoli and uh, things that vegetables that people eat that, that doesn't that barely exists, but the dairy industry subsidized and the you know the beef industry and uh, try to keep the cost of the food low. And yet, it, all of those factors contribute hugely to our climate crisis. Mm-hmm. And in Iowa, there's a, a large number of migrant workers, uh, if mm-hmm. that's the right term, uh, that are sort of the hidden uh, workforce of the farm communities now that uh it seems as though politicians don't want to talk about that because, you know, that's keeping our our prices where they are, and we don't want to make a big deal about that. Um, Absolutely. How do we keep the costs down? And, uh, and you know, there, there, there just goes the inequities of, of different cultures and groups of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the packing, the meat packing industry is big mm-hmm. in Iowa, and those who are employed, a large, large percentage are people who have come recently from other, you know, other countries to mm-hmm. find work that's, uh, and they're paid not well. Yeah, kind of reminds you of The Jungle. Uh, what is it? Was that, whose book was that? Uh, Sinclair Lewis back that wrote about oh. Chicago meatpacking and the, oh, yes. the immigrants that came and did all the hard work and. Yeah. 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 We still have it. It hasn't yeah, changed we, that we much. We still do. I think that, and and I think the last few years it's been a, a call again to the uh, the racism that that just has been so ingrained in our country, 
from its inception. And uh, we don't talk about it, but we're, people we're talking about it now. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, talking <laughs> is important. <laughs> yeah, which leads me back around to your center. And uh, actually, another question about the National Wellness Conference. Did you bump into Brian Luke Seward and his stress uh, management up there? Yes, yes, I did. And you too? Oh, yeah. Imagine, yes, yeah. Uh, uh, Luke has been on the show here. so Oh, has he really? <laughs> we've, oh. Kept, we've kept in touch. And uh, I thought maybe you had at your center some form of, I don't know, stress management that was not so much movement oriented as it was uh, mental, emotional, spiritual kinds of stuff going on what do you have in that area well we do we'll do we'll do have uh, different workshops and special events that will help help people um like in the blue zones they call it downshift mm -hmm. to uh to to manage stress to not even just manage stress but to be present in the moment um and it, that can be done in in you know in many ways i remember a book that he wrote called um and he used the term uh, stand like mountain move like water right. and that's very great for resiliency the resiliency factor we've done workshops on resiliency yeah mm -hmm. i think that book is being re uh, republished or a new edition uh, is coming out some or a movie something is happening around that book title Oh, great. Well, I'll keep my ears open for that one. <laughs> yeah, I actually had a, a class in our wellness degree program called Mental, Emotional, Spiritual Wellness. Oh. And I, I used his uh, Health of the Human Spirit uh, was just, to me, such a knockout book uh, that, uh -huh. that was so, um, it, it covered the world. Uh. It, it brought in the, the cultures and practices and exercises and uh, it's just such an education for for college students that are, you know, we come into college with our kind of one mind. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> and, and we, <laughs> we really need to be exposed. There's a lot of things out in the world, both historically and, and in our present world today. That's so true. And Luke could contribute to that idea of having a real liberal education to be exposed to different views and viewpoints and where do you get your uh, spiritual juice? Uh, a lot of it just comes through movement. Um, mm -hmm. In Nia, we believe if uh, that movement in movement we find health, we find well-being. Nia helps us connect with the spirit. Um, I do have faith. I have a religious faith, uh, and uh, so that's true. Um, I think that um, my dog is my a uh, highly spiritual being <laughs> uh, so and i and also um and my interest in food and the quality of food and a plant-based whole food plant-based lifestyle i think is an aspect of spiritual um connection as well right there is uh, a new it's not new it's ancient but the back to the woods, back to the nature, back to uh, connect with something in nature to connect you with <laughs> the great spirit, with uh, 
with the powers of life and and renewal yeah. and uh, the cycles of life and yeah, all of these things are. Uh, yes, the wholeness, the yeah. wholeness of life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think we've mentioned yet, though. There's the, a. a uh, oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just going to say one of the the people in the plant, whole food plant based movement is Dr. T. Colin Campbell, who he was the author of the China Study book. He and his son wrote the book, and he's a biochemist. But he's so his whole life was very. He calls it the reductionist model, and that's how medicine looks at at the body and and nutrition. You know, we look at the nutrients and the, we break everything down, and and that's what's the what is the saddest thing is that we are a reductionist society and. So we begin to think that the answer to something is just one variable. It's one pill. It's one one of this. It's one of that. When really, if we look at nature, it's the wholeness of nature and all the compatibility and interrelationships with all that makes that really makes for health and wellness, whether it's an individual or a, an animal or or the planet. So I'm I'm so glad that reaching out and considering you know, the broadness, like you say, of nature and <laughs> is is so critical. And Dr. Cam- he's even written a book called Whole, uh, Dr. Campbell has, and it, it looks at food not from a, like a vitamin mineral <laughs> perspective, but the, the, the goodness that food as a whole, that a, 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 that a nut can do instead of just the omega-3s that are coming out of that nut. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so I, I, I like that. It, it, it does tell me more about spirit. That's W-H-O-L-E, whole? Yes, W-H-O-L-E, by Dr. T. Colin Campbell. Mm-hmm. And that was the uh, place where you got your training in this plant-based uh, food and sustainability program. Right. Uh, Dr. Campbell was a professor at Cornell University. And uh, he's retired now, but he has a, a center for nutrition studies there. So um, Cornell uh, collaborates, or he collaborates with Cornell to be able to deliver this certification, which it can be done di- through distance, which is really nice. But, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good, mm-hmm. good. Does your center have a website? How do yes, people- we do. Oh, yes. Yes. You could just go to Google first. Mm -hmm. Go to Google and type in Body Moves Fitness and Wellness Center, Mm -hmm. and that that will come up. And uh, our our website is, you know, these are all letters, fitness at Mm bodymoves.com. So the at is A-T, fitness at Mm bodymoves.com. And do you have memberships, or do people just sign up for individual classes, or both? Uh, how does that work? Well, our core values are express that movement is is non-negotiable. The body demands movement daily. So whether a person does moves in the, with us in the studio, or they move elsewhere, so when when we create a, a, a person coming when our a person comes to our studio. We highly encourage them to to um, 
contract with us for a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. And that way they can experience the different, many different movement forms. And, uh, it, you know, when you, when you subscribe to something, you're more likely to stay with it rather than say the old, um, in fitness, we used to have the old punch card system, you know, where you had this punch card and every time you went to a class, you get a punch. But I found that people in uh, that my, my age and older, sometimes they think of the punch card as something you want to save. You don't want to use those punches. You want to save the punches. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that's nearly so. And, and also a punch card is like, well, I could do it then and then I'll do it two months from now. And that, that really doesn't bring healthful outcomes. So we have membership packages. Mm-hmm. And that way they can explore, they can explore a variety of, uh, of options and see which one might work best for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Since, mm-hmm. since everyone is 50 or better. Yes. <laughs> Gee, that's right. <laughs> I'm I'm really better. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you do have a few online Zoom kinds of classes as well. We do um, now, now. Now, of course, we did not before the pandemic, but now we we do have um, some hybrid uh, mm-hmm. delivery systems. So, um, where people are right now back in the studio but there are some of our students who still are taking the workouts or the classes or the the workshops that we're doing our blue zones challenge right now about half are zooming in and half are in studio mm-hmm. and uh, it, it, the zoom for that has helped because we have three people from chicago taking the the course and one from uh, San Diego. It's not Mary, but it's someone else from San Diego. Um, so that distance uh, is uh, can be advantageous with the Zooming. Well, this is fantastic to find out about all these programs and you, Beth Pelton. Um, pleasure to meet you, to see you face to face. Sorry, the audience audience can't see you like I do. Yeah. <laughs> It's great to meet you face to face too. This is a, great. A, a very healthy young woman. <laughs> oh well, thank you so much. Ageless, right? Ageless. <laughs> Ageless, there we go. right? <laughs> and friends, uh, thank you for being with us today. Um, and please uh, remember, wherever you are, uh, that is your world. Please leave your world cleaner more peaceful, and more loving than you found it. Because if it is to be, it is up to us. So take care and talk to you soon.